everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Garrett K. Jones. What up, yo? Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I It's been a very good, very productive day, and I've had... It's been fun. I got to see the new Ant-Man movie, and so no spoilers, but it it was it was enjoyable. I really liked it. Good, good, good. Uh, looking forward to actually seeing that this weekend, like I was saying off uh, off camera, or yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, we are not here to talk Marvel. We are here to talk another Disney property, and that is Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yes, yes. And we are on the latest episode of Bad Batch, which was titled... I actually don't remember what the title was. I know, me either. Uh, like, that's how much it, it meant. It stood out to me. Like I'm, I'm having to actually pull up my Disney Plus app right now. Hold on a second. It is... Ugh. I don't know why, but they start like the security started asking for like a pin number. It's ridiculous. All right, Bad Batch season two episode. Oh, was eh? it nine? Yeah, episode nine. Uh, it was called the Crossing. The Crossing. Um, yes, the team tackles a risky mission on a hostile world. Yeah, the world didn't really now... seem so hostile as it was, just like devoid of life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, I, I have one question. Why do they have Wrecker on lookout? <laughs> Why? Of all the people. Of all the people. You have a guy on there who's literally, literal job, like the literally what he's created to do was have heightened senses of, of eyesight and sound, sight. <laughs> but you, you yeah. have the guy who would have been perfect for the job that Hunter was doing, which is lifting things and carrying them. Yeah. <laughs> but yet you have him be well, I mean, from a writing perspective, and and this may feel like a cop out, but from a writing perspective, um, it feels like what they did is. Now that that Echo is no longer a part of the team, he's off doing mm-hmm. his own thing. Um, it feels like their whole dynamic has shifted. They're trying. They're trying to figure that out. Mm. Um, but it's like they had a dynamic before Echo was a part of the team. Yeah. So I don't know what's changed. Um, everyone well, has their, their skill base, and they they know what their jobs are. That hasn't changed. Uh, I think I think I think for the rest of the batch, I think who has changed the most for is Omega. Yes, I think that is that was kind of the crux of it. Is Omega is Omega learning to deal with the fact that that um, he's gone, that Echo is gone? Because the rest of them seem to be pretty. I mean, they they might miss him, but they all seem to be processing it differently than Omega is. They're both like, well, okay, this is kind of part of the job, especially if you see uh, Tech. Yeah. Tech Tech was very much, that's just, part, you know, you're in the military, that's part of the job. You lose, whether it's through transfer or them dying, you lose friends. Yeah. 
Yeah, you they and, move well, on. That's kind of that soldier mentality, and 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 Tech is one of those characters, like because of the way he he was cultivated as a clone, he is able to disassociate himself from the emotional side of things. He's mm-hmm. he's ve- he's very much that savant. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know uh, he's 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 uh, Sheldon Cooper without the uh, without without all the annoying little idiosyncrasies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's very much. I don't want to use the term on the spectrum, but he he very much is in that type of um group. Like I don't know how I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he, well, he's. It, he's. It's. I don't think it's a spectrum disorder. I think with with tech, it's more of he's just so smart that mm-hmm. you know he's constantly intellectualizing what's happening. He's uh, yeah. it, for him. It, it's better for him. It's easier for him to process things from a logical perspective um, than it would be for an emotional perspective. Yeah, um, which makes whereas, it. Which I think makes the dynamic between him and Omega so interesting because. Omega is, whereas you have someone who is very detached, very unemotional, almost to cross the streams, almost Vulcan-like in his outlook. And then you pair him with someone like Omega, who is almost the exact opposite. Yeah. Who wears her heart on her sleeve. Yeah. She has her emotions on her sleeves and very emotional, very just, it makes for an interesting, yeah, interesting dichotomy between the two. Yes, I would agree with that. And what's interesting is that you've got Hunter, who is the leader of the of the team, but at the same time, he's still trying to figure out how to, like, he, he's trying to figure out where his place is in all this. Because as much of a leader as he is, Omega is oftentimes in this, especially in this season, taking on leadership roles. Like she's the one saying, "Hey, we need to go do this job," or "Let's go do this," and. And it's, yeah. you know, he's probably questioning where his position is on this team because mm-hmm. she seems to be doing a lot of the the decision making. Yeah, yeah. I so did like the fact. The... I did like the fact though that this episode gives us a little bit more time with with Tech and Omega, and we get to see mm-hmm. we get to see a side of Tech that it we haven't really seen before i mean we we knew that this yeah. that this part of his personality is there but they don't interact a whole lot together um yeah. and this is this no is they, a, yeah no no at least not by themselves and this was an opportunity for them to interact by themselves without any other uh without any other yeah. characters to color in the the field of of what's happening and we're going to be just so you know we're going to be jumping back and forth we're not going to be going in chronological order for the series but just kind of what we picked out and you know story beats one thing i thought interesting was when omega slipped off the cliff and she fell down you have you have a character in tech who is so analytical and never jumps into anything without knowing what the risks are jumps in without knowing what the risks are like he doesn't even hesitate a second to go after omega when she yeah. falls down, falls down. It was just instant. I got to go after her. I thought that was really, and it just shows that, you know, not only that sol- that soldier mentality of never leave a man behind, but the fact that he does see Omega as family. Well, I think more than that, it's it's not just that. It's the fact that 
the calculated risk that he's already made of what what's worse, me not going after yeah. her or me going in blind and risking myself. Because he already knows yeah. if he that he's going to risk himself to save a brother or in this case a sister, um, and yeah. which is the clone mentality. That that risk has already been calculated. It's the risk of well, what happens if she doesn't come back? What happens if I can't save mm-hmm. her? Before I don't go after mm-hmm. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, what else happened? It was very much a. I mean, very much. I think it was interesting that last week we asked the question, are they going to keep on this kind of storyline-driven stories, episodes, or are they going to have any more? Are we going to be done with the standalones? And then we have a standalone episode. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, as I was watching this episode this week, I was a little bit miffed by this because it feels like now that as we're, as we're getting this far into it, we're, we're three quarters of the way through the, or um, no, we're, I take that back. We're a little more than halfway. We're about fifty-four, fifty-five percent of the way through the season because there's there, we still have another seven episodes to go. But we have seven episodes left, and of the episodes that we've seen the majority of the season, they've all been standalone. They've all been um, episodes where we have it's just filler. There's like yeah. there's no reason for this this whole adventure. Like, again, this is, like, if we got rid of this episode, it wouldn't make a, a dent mm-hmm. in the overall plot of the season. Um, it's yeah. just there for filler. And it feels like, for me, that the writers kind of got pigeonholed into what they were doing. Like, the the first season was so successful. They had a plan for that first season, They and they didn't think that it was going to be as good as it was. It was great. And mm-hmm. now they're painted into a corner because they have to produce these episodes and they have to write these things. And the the content is just, it's, where's the overarching storyline? We're not seeing yeah. that. Um, and yeah. it, it, it feels, it feels, I mean, the animation is fine. The performances are great. Overall, the story is weaker than it was season mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like like I said before, maybe once, once we get to the season finale and we look back, we'll see that, you know, that all that there were threads that were going through all of these so-called filler episodes. But like you said, for right now, it doesn't seem like it. It just seems like these are just kind of standalone, you know, um, just, you know, for ways to kind of, well, let's give, you know more story to, to tech and more story to Omega. Let's, you know, take a little detour here and there, but that's and fine I mean, for every once in a while, but it seems like this season is doing a lot of it. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have a problem with characters getting fleshed out over the course of an episode and getting a little bit more insight into their personality and what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. What I, what bothers me is just from a, from a storytelling perspective, and even from a lore perspective, because, I mean, Star Wars is always about the lore. Where's the, mm-hmm. What's the bigger thread here? I mean, the, the biggest yeah. thread so far has been, uh, has been what took place with the clones in the last two episodes and how they're in the process yeah. of being phased out by the Empire. But 
that's it. I mean, that's the biggest thing, mm-hmm. and it's taken care of now. I, it's, yeah. it, it feels, no. I don't know, it, it feels like it's it's going in a direction that, you know, may not necessarily be a very solid one. Yeah. Wow. Now, do you think you would feel the same if if a show like The Bad Batch had started out more in a classic episodic way? series where each series where each episode is kind of his own contained story and there's not like an overarching story um do you think that these kind of standalone episodes would bother you as much if they were just like oh this is an episode it has the beginning it has an end and then we move on and there's a beginning and an end and we move on no um, because we've we've seen that i mean that's that's a, a kind of a staple when it comes to most most uh yeah hour-long yeah. programs or even hour-long programs and, and that's perfectly fine I, for me my preference is more episodic because you get a full scope of the story you know you don't have these random yeah. episodes happening um and like it i don't know it's just like if it started off just these one-offs i it probably wouldn't bother me as much, especially as we got deeper into the series and they started becoming more episodic uh, and, mm-hmm. and serialized, but the fact that we're not having that happen, it like wait, we had that and then they've taken it away, and it felt mm-hmm. like they were starting to bring it back, but then they don't. Yeah, it's like it. It's it leaves me very very confused, and yeah. so like. <sighs> I, I'm waiting to see how this the season ends up, and I'm I'm sure it's going to be solid because again, Dave Filoni uh, and his his team are really good about making sure that the audience and, and the fans get uh, what they're asking for. But really, at this point, what I want to see is I want to see things start coalescing with with Crosshair. Like, mm-hmm. where has he been? Yeah, we saw him one episode. He's been one episode out of nine so far. Yeah, that is. He's a huge part of of this story, and he was the entire crux of last season. Yeah, like he was the entire focal point. Uh, the entire focal point of last season was Crosshair hunting the Bad Batch, and we've got to get him back on the team. We've got to fix him. And yeah. Come to find out, he's already gotten the chip removed, and he still feels like this. Yeah. And and yeah, we're it's... not getting any of that content. There's none of that storytelling. And it's like, like we had this great episode with with Crosshair. And where is that now? What what I am I missing that it, it where he's not being we're... included? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. It doesn't make any any real sense. I agree. It's been. I mean, was there anything good we can... I mean, I think there was some good we can take from this episode as far as being a... It was definitely a, team, know, a, a team rebuilding exercise for them. And I think yeah, I think with yeah. the loss of, of Echo, they needed that. Um, but there are yeah. other ways that they could go about doing that push the overall narrative, mm-hmm. especially for something so serialized. And like we and like we said at the beginning, there were so many so many choices that happened that led them to this to where they were 
that made no sense to me for the team to do. Yeah. Like, I know it's we joked like, about it, but, I mean, yeah, having having Wrecker in the lookout made no sense. Um, the, the other thing that caught my attention, though, and I thought this was kind of interesting, because last week you and I talked about, are they positioning Omega as being a... Uh, Force. Uh, a, being a potential force user. And when she discovered that, that little hidden cave of of whatever this mineral is that they are collecting um, mm-hmm. in the episode, like I thought maybe she stumbled upon, you know, some really cool rare trove of kyber crystals and she's found her lightsaber mm-hmm. crystal. I thought, okay, mm-hmm. if that's the direction that they've been direct putting us through, okay, this is kind of cool. And it gives us a yeah. little bit more substance about her character. No, it's just another hidden vein that's way more rich in this mineral that, you know, it's, it's, it's a MacGuffin that it's like, yeah. okay, this stuff could be traded in for whatever it was that they were looking for in solo, a star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think, I do think that the character um, performances were really good. I mean, D Bradley Baker, it's just, it's just him and the actress who's playing Omega. I mean, aside from that one brief call from uh, with with Sid towards the end, um, I mean, they're the only mm-hmm. two actors in studio doing anything. And so I, I yeah. was really uh, impressed by how quickly you've got. I mean, yeah, they're they, they're recording it and they 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 workshop it in post as far as like where the characters are talking over each other, but to have D Bradley Baker going over and playing three different characters simultaneously, you know, in the episode, that's a lot of work for one voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, like you said, I think you, you kind of mentioned it earlier to get that one-on-one interaction between Omega and tech. Cause you kind of already have set the relationship between the rest of her and the rest of the batch. Like you yeah. kind of know the relationship between her and Wrecker. And how that is. You know the relationship between her and Hunter. And you kind of get a sense of, like, their connection to each other. Where, you know, Omega really looks up to Hunter as almost a father figure. Yeah, she's definitely definitely the father figure. um, Whereas Wrecker and Echo were kind of like the... They're kind of like... The uncles. Older brothers. brothers. Yeah, especially I think think Wrecker... He's more of the fun-loving, you know, the the fun uncle. Yeah, he's the one that's always, you know, it's like, oh, let's, you know, let's go out and let's go have some fun and let's go and. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely the one that get that helps get her into trouble. Yeah, yeah, but you didn't have you, you we hadn't seen what that relationship between her and Echo or her and Tech was. And so it was really interesting to see that dichotomy happen and um, kind of coalesce and how we kind of see that, see their, their, their relationship and what that's like. Yeah. And um, I, I, like I said, I thought that was really good um, in the way that it was performed. It was, um, you get to see a little bit more evolution there. Now you mentioned something Mm -hmm. before we started recording. Uh, you talked about this being a bottle episode. I hadn't actually paid attention to that because usually when you have a bottle episode, the episode takes place 
in one space. And technically it does because yeah. they're st- they're trapped inside this mine, but the in for the majority of it they actually bounce back and forth between two different mines. Well, not back and forth, I should say. They bounce from the the mine that they go to, they cross mm-hmm. through the canyon and then they find a secondary mine, which is where they get trapped and then they you know, they yeah. find a way out. But I hadn't actually used looked at it as a bottle episode. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts were on that because uh, bottle episodes are great, but they're usually used for cutting down on like, uh, yeah, like props and 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 stage uh, stage costs. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, maybe maybe it's not a bottle episode in the traditional sense, Mm -hmm. but it's. For most of, for the majority of the episode, for a good chunk of the episode, you know, yeah, you have them, you know, it bounces back to where the rest of the batch is, but for a lot of it, it is just Omega and Tech. Tech. Yeah. I mean, that is a good chunk of the episode, is just Omega and Tech. Um, so in that sense, I think you can call it a semi-model episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard to call it a... a and you know to to refer to an animated show, uh, episode of animated show as a bottle episode, simply because of, of what bottle episodes are used for te- uh, traditionally, which is cutting cost. Right. And like you said, they can be great bottle episodes. Are their best? I think bottle episodes can be really good, good for character development, really getting into characters because usually it's just one or two people in a room or in in one area. And that's all is so it really leads to good character development that at their worst, they can be clip shows. Yes. And like one of the things that we see here and you see this happen in you see this happen a lot in uh, romantic dramas or romantic comedies, but you have what's what storytellers use is what's called. Uh, forced proximity. So uh, you have two characters that have differing perspectives on something and they are forced to spend time together. Now in the past, yeah. you know, when they're on the ship, tech is usually piloting the ship and she's hanging out in her little cargo space or mm-hmm. she's in the hold talking with Hunter or Wrecker or Echo or whoever is available. This is one of those rare moments where they're forced to be in the same space together. That's, there's something very claustrophobic about that. And so the mm-hmm. use of space, the one thing I had, I think probably I had an issue with was the lighting on the episode. I get mm. there in this dark mine and there's no natural light, but I almost had to turn up the cons, the, the contrast on my screen just to be able to see anything. It was like mm-hmm. watching that, that, um, that one particular episode of game of Thrones where you had to do exactly that just to be able to see everything in the dark. And it's yeah. it, my eyes were straining just having to watch, you know, 20 minutes of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like that use of I force proximity. Thing, this it just, was... just got me um, when we're talking about Omega and how, how, you know, this was a lot of this was Omega learning the process is in, you know, we don't know how long, you know, after, after the events of the last episode that this episode happens. Yeah, but we're guessing it's been, yeah, but you have in the span of, you know, let's just say a week, you know, not only does Omega lose 
one of her brothers. You know, not not permanently, obviously, but he's you know, Echo's gone from the team, and he lo- she loses her home. She literally sees her home fly away, the only home she's known since she left Camino. It just goes and flies away, yep. and she has to process that. Like, oh, that's where all my stuff's at. That's where. And again, do they just leave the keys in there? What what happened with that? How? Yeah, I'm. That's that kind of boggles my mind because I'm like, because <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, we've seen how easily shifts can get stolen in the Star Wars universe. I mean, case in point, Anakin getting into a starfighter and just you know turning it on by accident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah. the, uh, but yeah, how how easy is it to steal a, not just a starship, but a military grade starship? Like, there's got to be redundant, yeah, yeah. unauthorized access. I know, right? Yeah, there's this fingerprint, you know, eye eye scanner, DNA. What? I kept like, expecting that. I there was way at more. First I kept expecting to see a uh, explosion. I kept expecting. The guy to blow up the ship. Yeah, that would have made more Other sense. I just see it flying away. Yeah, that would have made that would have made more sense. And it's like, oh, okay, but no, I see it flying away. I'm like, what? How? <laughs> um. Yeah. Like. I, the, yeah. Some really weird choices. Like, it's like they had Hunter inside the mine where he can't use his his natural abilities. You've got record. And he was the first one to hear the. If you looked at it, he was the first one to hear the ship taking off. Because he turns and he looks and he's like, like oh, oh, that's your no. ship. <laughs> it's like, why don't they have a remote piloting system installed in that? Yeah. Like, yeah. With, with Tech and Echo throughout the last season and a half, why have they not done something about that sooner? How yeah. great would it be to call in the ship remotely? You know? Exactly, exactly, yes. It's... Oh my gosh, unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and don't get me wrong, I... I, I... <sighs> and I... No, I, was, I take that back. I was about to say, this is the only only show that we've, that we've had so far where there hasn't been a droid companion. But there has kind of. The um, EC, I think that's his name... He's, he was the droid that was a little medical droid on Camino. That's oh, now, yeah, yeah. yeah. But other than that, there hasn't really been. There's only one that has. Well, there ha, there's not one that there's like constantly one there. Yeah, like you it's know, like Clone Wars like Rebels, had, where you've got Chopper or yeah, or you've got Murder Droid review, or as I call him, Murder Droid. Chopper the Murder Droid. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. Overall, if if you were to give this particular episode, The Crossing, uh, Season 2, Episode 9, if you were to give it a, a, a score uh, between on a scale of 1 to 10, or and or letter grade, your choice, uh, what would you give it? Six and a half. Six and a half. I think I give it a six and a half. I, I think it's a decent episode, but like you... But... Yeah, I'd say I'd say maybe I'll take I'll take it down to maybe even a five point five. It's right in the middle. It's not a bad episode, but it's nowhere near 
a great episode. It's a it's an okay episode. Yeah, I would give it probably about a six, an even six. Um, like I said, the performances were great. Animation's good. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable because I did want to see what happened next. Um, but it was it just felt like it was lacking something. And I think we've seen yeah. It, it, yeah. we've seen better. Uh, better episodes from just even earlier in the season than we are seeing right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. One thing I'd like to do, um, I think it's, it will be interesting to do is at the end is to look back and see if any of our, our grades change. Um, any of our, you know, you know, after we see how everything's panned out and we, yeah. we can look back at some of these older episodes and say like, Okay, well, because this, this, and this happened, mm-hmm. I now see where this episode, why they, this episode was put in there. Now I'm going to give that episode a higher. I'll give the episode a higher score. So I think that's going to be that'll be interesting to look back and see. But uh, well, we have episode ten coming up, and yep. hopefully so we'll get back to some meat of the story. Hopefully we'll see Crosshair. Hopefully, uh, that would be nice. We haven't we haven't seen our uh, our our, uh, our everyone's favorite psychotic, everyone's favorite psychopath yet. To be fair, for I, a I while, think, I think all of the clones to some degree are, are a little bit uh, mentally un, unstable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> I mean, considering the fact that their entire purpose was to to kill and destroy and and maim uh, specifically Jedi, but like, yeah. they, I mean, they're their whole purpose was to fight wars and you know, we've seen what yeah. happens to soldiers who you know, spend their, spend years on the front lines. They, they survive. And like the one thing that, and I think part of this may have to do with their conditioning, but they're not conditioned to feel survivor's guilt or if they do, we don't see much of it. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't see anyone, you know, like maybe Rex is starting to feel some level of, culpability for what happened during the war and what happened with the Jedi, but you know, we're we're seeing none of that right now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Alright, well, let's wrap things up and uh, Garrett, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you at? Well, you guys can find me on social media on, on Instagram and Twitter at GKJ underscore publishing. You can also find me on YouTube at GKJ Publishing. I have a show called The Right Way where we talk uh, writing uh, and uh, creative writing. I do writing tips, author interviews, and book recommendations. This coming Saturday, I will uh, be doing a live stream on Instagram at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I will be announcing who my guest uh, interviewee will be for my 200th episode on March 18th. I'm looking very much forward to that because it's going to be a fun episode. Nice, nice. All right, as for us right here, you can check us out uh, wherever fine podcasts are heard. Just go to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, look for this logo right here, uh, this cool-looking logo, and you'll you'll find us. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, War of the Stars at War of the, War of the Stars 1 at gmail.com. That is also our Twitter handle at War of the Stars 1. We are on Facebook and Instagram under War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars for 
um, if you want to support the show or go to our Spreadshirt shop at War of the Stars, just search spreadshirt.com forward slash War of the Stars. Uh, I think that's about it. Can you, did I miss anything? Uh, Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network, yes. Red 5 Network. Uh, check out that. Check them out for more information on all the shows. Go to redfightnetwork.com. And that is it. So until next time, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This is the way. <laughs>